Next, we move on to chapter 1, section 7, homeostasis. Homeo meaning is a Greek uh, derivative uh, meaning the same or similar. Um, and stasis is like static, staying still. And that essentially means that the human body wants to stay the same um, and is very static. It wants to maintain very narrow uh, regulations um, and settings. Um, and that's called homeostatic regulation. Um, we're going to use different um, feedback systems um, to maintain a certain set of standards, the narrow range of like temperature and pH and uh, pressure in order to maintain the systems in the body. Failure to maintain homeostasis will lead to sickness and death. Homeostatic regulation has two main mechanisms. Autoregulation, which is when cells, the tissues, organs, and the organ systems adjust to some sort of stimulus or environmental change. Um, for example, when oxygen uh, levels decrease in the tissue, the cells release chemicals that widen or dilate blood vessels so they can receive more oxygen to that region. And extrinsic regulation is a process that regulates uh, the um, nervous system and endocrine system. I'm sorry, it results from activities of the nervous system or endocrine system. So when there's a change in the body, either your nervous system will send out a signal or the endocrine system will send out a chemical messenger to uh, adjust the activities of other organs or organ systems in order to go back to homeostasis. The homeostatic uh, regulatory mechanisms have three parts, the receptor, the control center, and an effector. The receptor is a sensor that is sensitive to a particular stimulus or environmental change. So the receptor is going to receive information about things that are affecting the body. And it's going to sense that maybe the room and the temperature has increased. Or there is um, a change in the air pressure. Um, the receptors are going to receive this information and they're going to send that information to the control center. Uh, yeah, the control center, uh, which is almost like the thermostat, which will... Uh, receive that information and decide what needs to be done in order to send those instructions to the effector. And the effector receives the, um, the uh, instructions um, and commands from the control center to restore the body back to homeostasis. So if the uh, temperature in the room increases, then maybe the effector will um, decrease the temperature maybe by sweating or something like that, to restore the body back to its homeostasis. So again, just to recover, um, just to review uh, the homeostatic regulatory mechanisms. Um, well, the homeostatic regulation, there's two general mechanisms, autoregulation and extrinsic regulation. Um, but there's also three main parts to the, those two mechanisms. The receptor, the control center, and the effector. Receptor receives the information from the environment. The control center processes that information and sends out commands to the effector, which is an, a cell or an organ that does what the control center says it needs to do in order to restore the body back to homeostasis. So, 
Just to summarize, the goal of homeostasis is to maintain the body systems within normal limits. There's other ways the body will regulate homeostasis, other mechanisms. Um, and now we're going into chapter 1, section 8, which is the negative feedback and how it opposes variations from normal, whereas positive feedback will enhance them. So in negative feedback, um, an effector activated by the control center opposes or negates the original stimulus. So if body temperature is going up, the um, negative feedback, what's going to happen is going to negate that and lower the body temperature. It minimizes the original stimulus and negates it, opposes it, to minimize that change. Most changes or homeostatic mechanisms in the body are negative feedback. Um, there's only three that are positive feedback. Positive feedback is when the body will, in order to maintain homeostasis, enhance or increase the change that triggered it. So it will enhance that stimulus. It'll make further that change that's happening. We see positive feedback in childbirth, in menstruation, and in blood clotting. So um, now that we've discussed uh, what negative feedback and positive feedback is, let me give you an example of what negative feedback. Uh, thermoregulation um, is a way of countering change uh, to control body temperature. Um, so if their you know, body is between heat loss, then it'll increase, dilate the blood vessels so that way we can bring more heat back to the body's surface. And also, um, most of the blood will be concentrated toward the core to preserve the most vital internal organs. Thermoregulation is controlled by a region of the brain called the hypothalamus. And uh, it has uh, two sets of temperature receptors, one in the skin and the other within the hypothalamus. So that's another thing that helps contribute to thermoregulation, which is just an example of negative feedback. As I mentioned before, negative feedback is the primary mechanism in homeostatic regulation. Um, rather than going back to a fixed set point, uh, the body will go to whatever is normal, a uh, normal homeostatic condition for that person. So that's why people might have different body temperatures, according you know, and different things that determine that, that those differences are like genetic factors, age, gender, general health, environmental conditions. So while there might be a lot of variability within whatever that set point is, you know, generally the body maintains around those levels or around those settings. And again, as I mentioned this before, positive feedback um, is not often, you seldom encounter it in your homeostatic regulation. Um, it amplifies or enhances the original change in conditions rather than opposing it like in negative feedback. And again, you only see it in three types, uh, three ways. And it's in whether you have a lot of blood loss. So you're going to, you know, amplify, it's going to amplify blood clotting, um, labor and delivery, uh, and menstrual cramps. And as I mentioned, you know, the body's always trying to not really necessarily reach a set point, but it's trying to maintain a narrow range of conditions or settings. And that, you know, us always going back to those, you know, norm within those becoming within those normal limits is called dynamic equilibrium. That's the balance that we're always trying to, that our bodies are always trying to maintain. 
And every cell um, and organ in the body contributes to homeostatic regulation. It's not just one main organ or one main system or one type of cell. It's a group effort. It could be several organ systems contributing to um, the role of uh, homeostatic regulation. And all those organ systems, uh, all the cells or organs that are trying to maintain this balance, it, they're trying to maintain a state of equilibrium. When the you know negative feedback and the positive feedback, these opposing forces are in balance. And then once we are, you know, keeping that vital, you know, those vital conditions within a normal range of values, that state is also called the dynamic equilibrium because it's always changing and adapting and adjusting so that we can maintain that stability of our settings. So if I had to explain the function of negative feedback systems, they provide long-term control over the body's internal conditions because they maintain homeostasis. They counteract the effects of a stimulus or an environmental change in order to bring the body back to within normal limits and maintain that, that narrow range of vital conditions. Um, what happens to the body when homeostasis breaks down? Well, the body will get sick. It could die. Homeostasis fails. And so, um, you know, the organ systems function less efficiently and can even malfunction. This is what can result in disease, and if not corrected, death. And if I had to explain how the positive feedback system works, it, it just amplifies or enhances the effects of a stimulus. And then um, lastly, an important question is, why is positive feedback helpful in blood clotting but unsuitable for the regulation of body temperature? Well, again, remember what positive feedback does. It enhances um, different conditions in the body. And most of our body's systems is maintained by negative feedback because we want it, we don't want to depart from the normal set of conditions. Positive feedback will enhance that. So if we, for example, have a fever, positive feedback, if we were controlling thermoregulation, it would enhance that fever and we would die. Um, and also positive feedback um, is takes it's very quick. So, for example, like blood clotting, if we're losing a lot of blood uh, and we need to enhance blood clotting, positive feedback is a very quick process, so we could do that really quickly. Um, but, it, you know, for things that require long-term, stable, steady regulation, that's where negative feedback comes into play. And negative feedback will maintain that stability because um, it won't increase any departure from the desired conditions. So again, the goal is always to maintain that dynamic equilibrium, you know, that balance between these opposing forces, these opposing homeostatic regulatory mechanisms, negative and positive feedback. So this is a summary of chapter one in the anatomy and physiology textbook, Introduction to Anatomy and Physiology. The next chapter review is called The Chemical Level of Organization, um, and that will be covered in the next uh, audio. Thank you.